Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You don't hear the birds with friends intro as usual. And I have, I am going to, I have to, t- I, we have to be honest with the audience. Jack is in mourning back there. <laughs> yeah. You going to be okay? Yeah, that was my bad. No, I, was we, so, I was so focused on uh, the, the Wentz is a bum talk that I couldn't focus on doing my job. I think really the problem is, and then we're going to welcome in Bo and Sheila. Why, I think the why, problem why? is that you're just already fearing the big Nick Foles game on Sunday. And oh, Nick Foles is winning on Sunday. <laughs> With my luck in this city, he's going to win on Sunday. Four touchdowns, Eagles win. All right, let's welcome them in, even though you didn't hear their music. Bo Wolf, Sheila Kapadia of The Athletic. It is Birds of Friends, our first one in two weeks. Things have changed, guys. Things have changed in the last what twelve hours? Yes, less than that. Nine hours, eight hours. It was a it was a game that seemed like you know you're looking at it. They're big underdogs. Mm-hmm. No juice. Now you have a quarterback injury. You probably have Nikki franchising. Oh, I think it, I think maybe it added a little bit of juice to this game. I can't wait to do another post game pod from this Rams game. I'll tell you what though, no intro, but I feel like my own worst enemy is sort of. On brand for us. That works. Yes, that is a good way yeah. to put it. All right, so not much has changed, I guess, with the Eagles since the three of us got together. They're not very good. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but a lot has changed yeah. with today, like you, you alluded to, Sheila. Right, before we get to our three big questions, then we'll get to some phone calls, too. 888-729-9494 if you want to hop in. What was the initial reaction today? Did you guys have any feel on this after the game Sunday? I think we had discussed in October that Carson was on the injury report three weeks in a row with rest or back things, and he, he maybe sat out a couple practices, but... No one thought he was really hurt. No, everything from the team at that time was this is no big deal. And you would ask, is he going to play Sunday? Yes, he's going to play Sunday. That That's not even an issue. And then today, Doug Peterson went old school. He went Andy Reid on us. <laughs> you could tell that something was up. Something oh, you could was see it up. in his eyes? Yeah, well, he, he's never done this before. He's like, I'm going to start with the injuries. You've never started with the injuries right. before. He we never gotta, does that. It's he like makes pulling you ask teeth. all the guys. Yeah. And so you get the important guys out of the way. You know, Jernigan, Avante Maddox, and then. <laughs> sure, long-term big pieces. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, by the way, there's a new one to add. Carson Wentz isn't going to practice with back spasms. Well, is he going to play Sunday? Day to day. And so at that point, you, it's wow. You know, all yes. right, there's a legitimate injury to the starting quarterback that we didn't know about. So he first appeared on the injury report, uh, I think, uh, October 10th, which was right before the Giants game, right? right before week six. And that was a short week. He had played three games, yes. and that was, uh, I think, he was limited. So. This was the first time where he's just not practiced. And, you know, the way that Doug, uh, you know, evaded questions about it, it was obvious that this that there was something going on here. And there's a lot of conjecture going around. Uh, and, you know, we don't know the answer to these things. But, you know, there are important questions. Has he been mishandled by the medical staff? We've talked uh, at length about how bizarre it was in training camp that he came in the first few days, full participant, and then they backed off the reins. Who knows what's going on? Is this just... Them looking at it and saying, okay, there's three games left. We're probably not going to make the playoffs. Let's protect our investment. It doesn't seem to me like Carson is the kind of guy who would go along with that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, palace intrigue now, especially uh, everybody talks about this as a new medical staff. You know, they, they, they have not been a very healthy team this year. No, they have not. And, and now this injury, Sheila, is, is the biggest. I mean, this is the most concerning thing. I mean, that, and, and my concern, and we'll get to our three big questions here. My, my biggest thing off the jump is if he doesn't play again this season, like, this is two straight years. He can't get through a full season. I'm going to count his season starting in week three. I'm not going to penalize him for the first couple of games where they didn't, he, they didn't think he was ready. But it's two straight years where, for whatever reason, he can't get through a full season. That's concerning. It is. And, and I have trouble buying the idea that they, they are six and seven and they feel like, oh, you know what? He's been playing through it. He, we, we don't need, I mean, he's just not wired that way. The guy was 
throwing a fit that he had to miss the first two games of the season when he's coming back from serious a serious knee injury. And that's not generally how NFL teams, football teams operate. It's like if a guy is good enough to play and feels like he can play, he plays. If and they're not eliminated. And frankly, it's not even that. Yeah. It's not that outlandish for them to make the playoffs. I mean, the craziest right. possibility is them winning the games that it would take to get there. Right. But the scenarios around them are really not that insane. Well, we can say it's crazy. And it is, uh, so, but for them, but for them inside the building, right. you don't you don't view it like that. You say, "Hey, we win Sunday, and we're right back in this bad boy." And especially for Wentz, this was the week. It was the year going back to Los right? Angeles. Like if he's fine, or if it's just a minor thing, how could they say to him, "You're not playing this week"? It doesn't yeah. make any it sense. It wouldn't fly. There's wouldn't no fly. way it would fly. Yeah, especially you know, this is a long term partnership. This is not the kind of thing where they would they would. Uh, Create tension by doing that. Right. All right, let's hit our three big questions, then we'll take some calls. Let's just start with this big one. Bo, you kind of alluded to this, the medical staff, the the training camp stuff. Do you think he's been mishandled? I mean, it's hard for me to say without the information that he has been mishandled, but I think there are, there are legitimate questions, and I hope that one day we get the truth about what happened during training camp because, you know, the, the, the party line of what happened just, it does not make sense. Never did. It never did. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz all along was pointing toward playing week one. I think that it's most likely that we can read between the lines that there was some kind of setback along the way. But, you know, you look at there have been other injuries this season that seem like they have been a little bit preventable, like the Darren Sproles re-injury of the hamstring, uh, Jay Ajayi playing through a torn ACL, uh, Tim Jernigan going, you know, he comes back from a back injury and he plays one game and the back spasms come back again. I don't know if you can – it's probably hard to say that anybody is, is culpable for those things, but there's a lot of sort of smoke there. And uh, for Carson Wentz, you know, if, if there is um, any kind of worry within the building that they cannot fully trust the medical staff, I mean, this is the golden egg here. You have to do everything you can to protect Carson Wentz. So if they, if they think there is anything going on, then, I mean, they do have to sort of make a change. I mean, the thing is, if it is just – back spasms and he's just questionable for Sunday and then he's fine after that. That's no big deal. Back spasms happen. If it is a situation where someone is leaking, whether it's the team or his camp that they are considering shutting him down for the rest of the season, that's not back spasms. I mean, you don't do that for back spasms. So that means there is something serious. I mean, it's so difficult. You don't want to, um, you know, impugn somebody's reputation or, you know, we don't have all the information. But I do think it's fair to ask the questions, given the examples that Bo mentioned. I mean, that was very weird how Carson Wentz is out there uh, participating fully ahead of schedule. And then the next day he's not doing anything. Well, what happened there? It is fishy that Jay Ajayi gets examined on the sideline. He has a torn ACL. They don't diagnose it right away. They put a brace on him. He goes right back out there. I mean, people I talk to around the league say like 90% of the time, you know when a guy has a torn ACL right. on the field. Now, maybe this was the exception. That's possible. Tim Jernigan, Jim Schwartz said, yeah, I did think he was going to be back sooner. He wasn't back sooner. And Darren Sproles, as Bo mentioned. So, listen, there are examples here and there. It could be nothing. It could be total coincidence. At the same time, I think Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, at some point, maybe the offseason is the right time, has to say, here's the deal with those things. Uh, it has nothing to do with this big transition we've made with our medical staff. There's another explanation. Two things that are concerning for me, and you said uh, the stuff that might have leaked out nationally today. So Tom Pelissero of NFL Network said, used the words, a chronic type of injury, which is just, a, that's a concerning word. Chronic, what a back is concerning. And then Adam Schefter on ESPN said, more testing tomorrow. Is there typically more testing for just simple back spasms? I don't think so. I mean, that is something you would just handle, I 
would believe in house. I mean, it's, yeah. it's relatively common. So, yeah, and chronic, I mean, that could just mean this is something he's had earlier this year and has been dealing with for the last six, seven weeks. Although, you know, that's interesting, too, because we've talked on this dish, on this show how if you look at his numbers and the way he's played, it, it has been relatively mediocre this year. I think we went from thinking he was playing like the sixth best quarterback to the 10th to now it's probably like the 15th, and it hasn't really gotten better. And, you know, one of his worst games of the season, quite honestly, was on the biggest stage with the most at stake last week. So you do have to wonder how much this has affected him this season. And I think, you know, if you are a, a glass-half-full guy, maybe you think that, it's not a long-term injury, and this helps explain why he has not been as good the last yeah. several weeks. And so uh, you get him healthy, and then, I mean, I think the numbers are not that different if you look at the first uh, few games versus the last several games, especially broken down by when he first appeared on the injury report. But I think to our eyes, anecdotally, it does seem like he played better in the beginning of the season. He looked a little bit healthier, I think, uh, at least in my memory. So, you know, maybe the good news is, this isn't a big deal. It's something that can get cleaned up pretty quickly, and then he comes back next year and looks like his healthy self. 888-729-9494. We'll take up a couple phone calls, and then we'll hit the future here with Wentz and, and how much this impacts that, especially with a contract kind of situation. Pat is in Blackwood. What's up, Pat? Uh, hi, guys. Good show. Uh, listen, I called in for just the first thing I want to say is that uh, these guys uh, <laughs> that say he's a, a bum or he's a loser, you know what? You want to get out of Philadelphia. Okay, you should get out of Philadelphia. You got a kid here. Last year he was an A, triple A, most valuable player. This year he's playing C. He's not playing F. He's not playing D. The guy, the last game he had 120 quarterback rating. He had a 75-yard touchdown back. He had a bad three quarters. You can see all year the guy has trouble running. It's his leg. He doesn't have any, he doesn't have any push off it. There's something wrong with the leg a little bit. Not that, you know, he had a major, a major injury to that knee. Probably shouldn't even have been playing in half of this year. He really shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, usually and, it's know, a year-long injury, and he came back in nine months. Pat, I'm, I'm with you on the people that call him a bum. He's obviously not a bum. He, he was, like you said, an A or whatever way you described it. You know what I hope he does, and I'm a big Eagles fan. I hope he, uh, next year when he comes back healthy, and he will come back, guys, because he's a competitor, and he's a leader, and he's a great kid for this organization. I hope he comes back throws for 5,000 yards, gets his contract when it comes time, and moves on. Because these people in this town sometimes make me sick with this stuff. Okay? <laughs> they make me sick. Well, I can tell, Pat. Game. We all can. Yeah. If you ever played the game, play the game before you call this guy a loser. He's not a loser. Sorry, no, he's uh, not. But the, it's fair to be concerned. Pat, we appreciate the call. Bo never played the it's, game. It's good to hear from Pat. We talked to him during training camp. Oh, yeah? Day. Yeah. Did he bring that kind of energy then? You got to play the game to talk, you Listen, know? Listen, I mean, that's, that's what it is. These Nancy boys these days, just, I, I can't take it. They just talk about sports. They don't they never, never played the game. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you would know better than me with the other calls you get or people being that over the top. I mean, I feel like the harshest criticism you can levy at Wentz is that he hasn't looked like last year yeah. and he's coming off an injury. And, you know, you can nitpick the stuff like the fumbles and, uh, and some of the decision-making and that stuff. But, I, I mean, I don't. I don't hear what he what Pat was saying about you know people wanting to get this guy to town. We got one call on that. Uh, someone okay. was pretty vocal about him being a bum an hour ago. But I, I think for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, people defend Carson. They try to look for reasons why he's he's struggled this year. Um, well, you are notoriously anti Carson. Well, I'm I'm accused of hating him <laughs> when I just try to point out the reality of him. I will say though what he said Sunday, and Sheila, you alluded to it. He didn't he didn't play well Sunday. I, I know the no. numbers looked well in the end. No. When you don't do anything for two and a half quarters in the biggest game of the season, I, 
I don't care what the numbers look like at the end. He didn't play well enough Sunday. Yeah, and the co- the coaches I don't think did him any favor, so they absolutely deserve cri- criticism as well. But when there were plays to be made, he didn't make them. He was late with throws. Uh, even the sack fumble, that was a huge turnover before the half. He could have gotten rid of, of that ball. guys, Throwing. even the accuracy yeah. when he gets the yeah. ball out. Yeah, so no, that, that was not his, uh, his best game. All right, let's hit this one, and this is the one that I, I – uh, our three big questions to start. This is the one that I think is the most fascinating. How does this change the opinion of him long-term and, and in the contract situation? I'll, I think this came up with us a few months ago, a few weeks ago. I was like, well, they'll probably pay him after the season. And then we kind of said, oh, well, they can get an extra year of him on a cheap number – but this was just conjecture. Like now, I think this is a legitimate talking point because he's coming off of a, a serious injury last year. We don't know about this one, but it's another injury. I don't feel comfortable giving him elite quarterback money after this season. If he wants to take a uh, Colin Kaepernick kind of deal a few years ago or Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, where it's like, it looks big, but you could get out of it. I'd consider that, but I'm not handing a Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, thirty million a year off another injury. I just—it's uncomfortable for me. So I actually think that this situation will help tell us what the Eagles really think about this injury. Uh, and there was sort of a uh, insightful interview with uh, Joe Banner that Shield did today on the Athletic. But if they don't think it's a big deal, then they are incentivized to try to sign him this off season because they'll have a little bit more leverage. Carson Wentz, theoretically, will be a little bit more willing to take the money now as opposed to waiting for a year. Yep. And if they think that maybe this could linger, then they're incentivized to wait until next offseason to make Carson prove that he can stay through, uh, stay healthy through another season. So I actually think uh, the situation helps us find out a little bit about how they feel about Carson. To tell. Yeah, it, it is. And, I'm, I mean, honestly, I think we're talking about probably – a few million dollars right. here and there. I mean, he is going to get whether you th- whether you're comfortable with it, whether you think it's smart or not. I mean, if you're his camp, you say, "Fine, you're not going to pay me that top dollar. Go ahead, franchise tag me, uh, ruin your entire salary cap." And like I'll, the cousins thing, yeah, and I'll still make a lot of money. You know, two years in a row. If you want to do it, that's great. He'll still be in his twenties, and then he'll be making a lot of money then. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any scenario where it, it's like his camp is like, "Okay, we will do a." really a team-friendly deal that you can get out of. You know, he, he still is a young quarterback with huge MVP upside. But you're right. I, I mean, I, I think I, I was of the mind that they were going to go into this offseason. He was going to finish out the year, and they were probably just going to get the deal done now because it only gets expensive a year later. But you look at this injury, like you mentioned, this is another year where he's missing games. Maybe you let him ride it out next season. Say, can he stay healthy next season? Does he show that improvement? And then make a decision then. I mean, you do have that option if you're the Eagles, and it's it's probably might be the more prudent move. So it's a year now. This week is a year since he walked off the field in Los Angeles with the knee. And I, I said last night, like when he walked off the field, I felt like he was a top five quarterback for the next ten years as long as he could come back from the injury. I don't feel as good about that now. I don't think he's a bum. I don't think he's bad. I just don't, I can't feel as good about it. Has, has your opinion, each of you, changed on him at all long term? Not really. Uh, it has been downgraded a little bit. I mean, la- at the end of last season, I would have said, you know, if I'm starting a franchise with anybody, it's Carson Wentz and it's, it's a no-brainer mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and now, I mean, part of it is the emergence of a, of a Patrick Mahomes. Would He's make throwing you, the ball, we're not even looking exactly at it. Exactly right, would, would make you think about it. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, there are enough sort of minor concerns, whether it's the health, uh, whether it is, you know, has he been not as good this season because of the knee, or is it just, uh, is he going to be great next season? But at, in, the, 
in the grand scheme of things, you know, I believe he's the quarterback for this team for the next 10, 15 years. I think he will be a, you know, top 10, top five quarterback moving forward throughout most of his career as long as he stays healthy. Uh, So my opinion hasn't changed that much. I think it's fair to say at this time last year, you were confident he was going to be one of the two or three best quarterbacks. And now I might say I'm confident he's going to be one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks. I mean, it it doesn't feel like I think that's fair. It is a little bit. It is a little bit of drop. I mean, the range of outcomes for the next 10 years now feels a little bit wider than it did a year ago. And I think that's fair with whether it's, you want to point to injuries or uh, fumbles or just the way this season has gone at times and you know not being able to put the team on his back, which was very tough coming off the injury. There are other factors, all those different things. But you felt like the guy last year would have just been like, you know, to heck with all these other issues. I, I, right. I'll, I'll make it happen, and we're going to win a weak division. And that certainly hasn't happened. So just put perspective on what you just said, Shield. When I hear that, it makes me think, like, last year was a good feeling he was going to be of the Rodgers, Brady, Manning ilk over the last – 20 years. And now it's like, well, that's possible. Maybe it, maybe he's more like Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, like really good quarterbacks. Like if he turns into that, that's really good. Like we should I think everyone listening should be happy. But there is a difference. There's a difference yeah. between those levels of quarterback. Well, that's an interesting game we should play maybe next week. N- name a guy and say, "Would you would you buy this guy's career for Carson Wentz?" Right now, if you had the opportunity, I think that's a good exercise to do. It's fun. And I think last year, if we did it, no one besides Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady would have been accepted. Now, Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit more gray area. I agree. How about Nick Foles? (laughs) Now, you're just playing with the people. Well, he's got a ring. He's got a ring. He's got a ring on his finger. Would you take that career? (laughs) Jack? He won the Super Bowl? (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal around here. Wow. He's really good. Going to win on Sunday? Yeah, he's gonna, of course he's going to win on Sunday. Do you not know how this works? The Foles, the, the, the Folesian thing to do would be to win the next two and then lose to Washington, right? Week Ooh, 17. Yeah. Lay an egg, yeah. But does yeah. he leave the, uh, the field to lead? <laughs> yeah, the defense blows yeah, it, so we does. can talk all offseason yeah. about how he had him. All right, 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 to hop in. We'll take your calls. Also, Owl, you know, on the other side. We'll explain how we, uh, we'll do that one. And it's our special second segment each week. Before we do that, though, Bo, tell everyone how they can subscribe to you guys. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30% off and a free one-week trial. You can read uh, all the good stuff. Read Shields Q&A with Joe Banner today for uh, further insight on the Carson Wentz situation from the Eagles front office's perspective. Birds with Friends continues on the other side. 888-729-9494, for Sports Radio 94, WIP. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Joe Giglio with you and with uh, us here in studio, Shil Kapadia and Bo Wolf of The Athletic. Now, our second segment of each show, we have a special bird pun, and it kind of goes its, you know, its way into a segment here. Uh, Bo, what do we have tonight? Tonight we've got Owl You Know, which is a Birds with Friends classic. I love Owl You Know. I'm sure that you do. And so we will start with the first question of Al, you know. There are three games left. The Eagles may have very little chance at the playoffs. What's going to keep you watching? Who who will be the most interesting Eagle to watch over the final three games? I'll start start us off because I I feel like someone else is going to grab this one. So I'm taking it right (laughs) off the bat. Smart. I'm going with Dallas Goddard mm. as my guy. I mean, Sunday. Obvious choice. Yeah. Sunday was impressive. I thought on the, the play where there was some sort of offensive pass interference that no one. I think that call was worse than the first play of the game. 
I like that take. I agree with you. I mean, at least, the, at least the, I thought the first play of the game was awful, but but that but, it's a letter of the law, type right? Of thing. It was a it was, it was bad job, but it was adjudicated correctly. Yeah, like no, you couldn't see if they had a clear recovery. I mean, all you saw was green jerseys, <laughs> right. so common sense says it's the Eagles' ball. But there was no offensive pass. It wasn't appearance. even close. <laughs> Uh, he looked good on Sunday, though. And, and to throw that, you got to—I mean, you got to be sure. Yes, it looked like Travis Kelsey running down the field, and there was a play early in the game. Carson missed him. He had a step on yeah. his, Van Der Esch. Yeah, like yep. 20, yeah. 20 yards down the field. Deep he could have easily had what one hundred and fifty, one hundred seventy-five yards receiving in that game. Where has <laughs> this guy been? It is maddening. I mean, think of the players they're trotting out on the field. Whether it's you know Jordan Matthews or. Trading for Golden Tate. Well, I mean, the miss- how about the game when they played Josh Perkins for sixty percent of the snaps? It, it really is, you know, one on the t- near the top of the list of criticisms of Doug Peterson. In my opinion, this year is the misuse of offensive personnel. I mean, to watch him on that play look like a beast with the ball in his hands, unbelievable, and create a set. You know what? They've had three plays, <laughs> three passing touchdowns outside the red zone all year. That would have been their fourth. Wasn't the other one? Wasn't one of them Goddard? The one in uh, Jack in uh, London? Yes. Yes. He's the only guy that could do it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the guy couldn't get on the field until now. It's a joke. Wendell Smallwood running the ball in the red zone is a joke. Uh, I mean, my gosh. You sound ready to do a, a monologue here on well, WFB. Well, it's thing, a joke, Doug. The, the thing is, I was actually I was against the Dallas Goddard pick. I said, why are you drafting another tight end when he's blocked by a young uh, star yeah. in this league? And meanwhile, they got their evaluation totally right. The guy looks awesome, and they still can't get him on the field in a season where they're 21st in scoring offense. And it it's seems, unbelievable. What is, what is so crazy is that it seems like they have not had a cohesive plan over the course of the season. Seems like week one, they throw that, you know, they throw that fade to Dallas Goddard in the end zone. He makes a great play but lands out of bounds, right? Seems like, okay, he's going to be, you know, they're going to give him some shot plays. They like what he can, in, can do one-on-one. And then we don't hear from him. For like five games, they're trotting, as you said, they're trotting out Jordan Matthews and whoever. Josh Perkins is playing half, half the snaps. It's crazy. And they actually, they do play 12 personnel a lot. I think second most frequently in the league. But they're also pretty good at it. They should probably be playing it more. And, it, and I mean, I hate to go back to the flock trial, which was uh, judged incorrectly. You don't hate to go back to By it. Jack Fritz. But why trade? Why give up a third-round pick for Golden Tate when you've got this guy and you can just put Zach Ertz in the slot. I mean, it's it's crazy. They do it. I mean, I'm with you that he is the most interesting. Yeah, although he is. If if it fall if it follows the pattern of what we've seen this season, he won't play on Sunday. He's barely going to play. They're going to throw him like three the ball three times. This in the next will three really games. rear its head next year. Like I really believe if they use him correctly and he develops by next year, Ertz and Goddard could be the best tight end combination we've seen since Hernandez and Gronkowski. I don't think any teams had anything like. That. Maybe they won't be as good, but like the best right. one since. And people are going to be like. Why, why did you do this last year? You had these same guys, so Goddard is my guy. I mean, and, yeah, and just the last thing, you had to have drafted him with that to be the plan, yeah. or else it was a, a stupid pick. All right, so that was the first one on my list. I think that's the no-brainer. Hopefully we get to see more of him. But you know what? I'm going to go with the guy that, that may surprise you, speaking of the flock trial, and that's Golden Tate. No. This may sound crazy. Yeah, you might say, Shields, what are you talking about? <laughs> Every time they throw to this guy, it's a disaster, yes. That is true. Now, at the same time, they're going to have off-season decisions to make at the wide receiver position, and they're going to need to make a decision at slot receiver specifically. Nelson Aguilar has a fifth-year option that they exercise, but they can just cut him if they want to, or they can pay him. I think it's $9 million. Golden Tate is going to be a free agent. 
I think in all likelihood, one of those two guys is back on this team next year. You know, Tate has more of the skill set of the prototypical slot receiver. And so can he show something? Maybe maybe Nicky Foles can get him revved up a little bit. I don't know. But can he show something in the last three games that makes you say, okay, maybe this guy does fit in the offense a little bit. And maybe he could be the better option over Nelson Aguilar because we know, uh, you know, I don't know if Tate's value is plummeting, but it certainly hasn't helped him to get traded to the Eagles. You don't think the Eagles could have not done what they did last week without his one catch for seven yards? Mm. Well, that's, that's an impact player. No, it, well, it's not enough. Not it's, enough. That's third round pick value. Yeah, you well, you were on that from the start, Bo. Well, so pat yourself on the back. That's exactly. No, he right. did backtrack at one point. Oh, so when did I ever backtrack? Uh, you know, he said, eh, "I'm kind of rethinking my stance." Oh, was it the Redskins game? No. Seven Go catches? to the tape. No, to- that never happened. That definitely never happened. <laughs> It definitely did. All right, this who, is gaslighting of who's your guy? <laughs> who are you watching? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sidney Jones. Uh, you know, can he make it through a game? Well, that would be nice. Uh, I, I think that Sidney Jones. You know, you draft him in the second round, knowing that he's coming off the Achilles. You know, that is a that is a risk that you're taking mm-hmm. because he's he's got this what you think is is first round value. Um, you know, he hasn't been great when he's been on the field. He's been okay. Certainly better than some of the other guys they've they've had out there, but uh, you know you've got that thing about the Saints attacking him. That's their entire offensive game plan is run at Sidney Jones. Can it, this has been like two or three games now where he has tried to come back from injury and has not been able to. He was getting toasted by Amari Cooper. Uh, you know you've got they, they've got some decisions to make in the in the secondary. There's maybe some scuttlebutt on Instagram that. Ronald uh, Ronald Darby might be coming back or something like that. Oh, uh, how about that on the gram? On the gram, mm-hmm. yeah. Bo doing some research yeah. for the show, well, checking you know, his IG comes, a little comes bit. Across, so, okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's a free agent. Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills is obviously coming back. Avante Maddox is he going to be a, a free safety or a corner? If he was healthy, I think he might be my answer here because I think they w- would like to decide what position he's going to play in the future. But uh, you know, is Sidney Jones a guy who who you can? plug in as one of your starting cornerbacks or, or top three cornerbacks for the next three years right now, I think you would have to say no. Um, so not that he's going to be able to prove that over the next three games, but it'd be nice if he could finish a game. Yeah, it would. And I mean, the teams have attacked him. The saints talked about it openly in that Peter King thing with Sean Payton. And then Sunday it was, it was clear they were going after Sidney Jones when he came back on the field. So it's a concern. Let me throw one more in. Cause then we have the other part of the, uh, the owl, uh, do you know? I want to throw in one more name that I didn't think we would talk about here, but Nick Foles, for this reason, mm-hmm. I think it was an assumption when the season started, the way they structured his contract, like he's not coming back next year. It's a one-more-year thing to back up Carson in case he's not ready this year, and then maybe like Nate Sudfeld will be the backup quarterback next year. If this Carson Wentz injury is is something, maybe Foles is back again next year as insurance again. I think that's possible. Well, it's going to be interesting because they can't pay him under the current structure right. of his deal, but they may, you know, you can always decline the option and then renegotiate. You could do something like that. It will be interesting to see. Well, I, I don't know what the guy wants to do. I feel like he's just been sort of playing out the season, you know, hanging out, being there when they need him, and then, uh, you, know, you know, going about his business, not, not getting injured or anything. Does he want to go somewhere else and be a starter? Does he... Would he like that setup? You know, is he is he settled in Philadelphia with his family and say, all right, that sounds good. 
Does he want to just retire and do something else completely? I mean, I don't. I think everything's on the table. Is so. he going to win another Super Bowl before the season's over? Well, right. yeah, maybe he just goes back to back and then retire, like sort of like John Elway. <laughs> yeah, that could be just like John Elway. <laughs> if the Eagles fall out of it, you know who gives Week Seventeen some juice? Sudfeld, Jordan, right? Ma- Jordan Mylotta. <laughs> Well, the Mylotta Mafia is going to be out that week. <laughs> Play him, Doug. All right, what's the second part of our uh, our segment here? Bob? All right, so speaking of the offseason, you've got a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting free agents for the Eagles set to hit the books in the offseason. Brandon Graham, Golden Tate, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Wallace, Darren Sproles, Ronald Darby, Jordan Matthews, Jordan Hicks, Jay Ajayi, a bunch of guys with interesting contract decisions. Tell me who, who, the Eagles have the uh, most interesting decision to make this offseason among the guy of anybody on the roster. I'll go with Jordan Hicks. We haven't seen him back. Um, cup, I mean, last year it felt like before he got hurt again, it was it was always the question of if he could just stay healthy, he's a star linebacker. And this year, he didn't play like a star linebacker. So I'm off that idea now. And the Eagles have never really prioritized linebacker. I, maybe he'll come back on a cheap deal because his market cratered. But we, maybe we've seen the last of Jordan Hicks in an Eagles uniform. Yeah, he may have to. You're right. I mean, if he doesn't play again this season, is he going to get a huge payday? And actually, there are a number of guys like that who might just have to say, all right, we have to sign a one-year deal. We might as well do it where we're comfortable, know the scheme, know the coaching staff, and then try to get paid after that. So uh, we will see what happens with him. My pick for this is Jason Peters. I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, going into the year, I thought, this is it. He's gone after this year. He'll play it out. And now I'm not so sure. I mean, he has been banged up. He hasn't missed, like, the entire season. He hasn't had, like, a season-ending injury. I feel like there have been stretches where he's played well, other stretches where you say, all right, this guy definitely looks old. He's best friends with the owner. He's got all this cachet in the locker room, leadership, all that. He won't take a pay cut, I mean, or at least he wouldn't previously. So, you know, that would be an option you would consider otherwise, that, all right, restructure, make him take, have him take a pay cut, and then maybe keep him. I'm not sure. I mean, I would probably lean towards letting him go, use that money elsewhere. You've got Vitae, you've got Mylotta. It's not like you're, the cupboard is bare there. I'm not sure they're going to look at it that way. I, the, I disagree with you only because uh, of semantics. I don't think that this is the Eagles' decision. I think they will just do whatever Jason Peters tells them. <laughs> if he wants to come back, I think he'll be back. At that number? <laughs> it's 2035. Jason make. Peters is back. He's best friends tackle. with Jeffrey Lurie. He is. He's not going anywhere. Jeffrey Lurie, reader of The Athletic, of course. Of course. All I know is before you go, Bo, a couple years ago, there was thought out there that they might try to get Jason Peters to get a pay cut. He got a contract (laughs) extension. Like, who does that? Take less. I'll take more. (laughs) Uh, I would have said Nelson Aguilar, but since you sort of talked about the dynamic uh, at the slot receiver position with him and Golden Tate, I will will say that it'll be interesting to see what decision the Eagles make at defensive end, whether I think – it would be surprising if they bring back both Brandon Graham and Michael Bennett, considering that they are both a little bit older. Michael Bennett has certainly been more productive than Brandon Graham has been this year, but Brandon Graham made the biggest play in franchise history and uh, is a is a Howie Roseman draft pick. So um, I think my if I you know water gun to my head, I would guess that it's that it's Graham coming back, but I'm not so sure. Michael Bennett has been very good this year, and we would have expected a an extension for Brandon Graham at this point. I mean, when the season started, I thought, all right, sometime during the year, this will be one of those mid-season extensions, and that didn't happen. So obviously, you you know, you can connect the dots and think there's some type of uh, disagreement in sort of what he wants and what they're willing to pay. Do you let him test the market? 
then say, okay, come back to us, and then uh, we'll make a decision. Then that is going to be uh, a pretty interesting one. Yeah, I feel like in the NFL now, there's always like five or six teams, it feels like, that have an insane amount of cap room for whatever reason, like $100 million. If everyone had the same cap room, I could see Brandon Graham just saying, all right, I'll just come back to Philadelphia yeah. on a decent deal. But I could see someone just giving him over and overpay because they have cap room. But well, he had so, he had a very tepid market the last time he hit. Which was weird, agency, yeah. Right? So, it, yeah, who knows? Although that was, what, what was that? That was during the chip era, right, where he was playing the outside right, linebacker yeah. out of position. Someone, I forget who, brought up the... Uh, how about the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, they are in Frank dire need of pass they rush. Are. They've yeah. got Frank Reich. They've got cap space. They can overpay for some of that stuff. They need players. That's the on Trent Cole playbook. All it takes is just you know one team to say, okay, we need pass rush. We'll pay you more, and uh, you know you, you could lose out in that scenario. Yeah, you could. Eight at eight seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound nine four nine four. That is how you hop in. We'll come back. We will look ahead a little bit, including. We're talking about Nick Foles. Nick Foles is starting on Sunday, most likely, the way we hear it now and feel it now. So we'll talk about Foles' first start, the Rams, and, and really what has to happen. Bo kind of alluded to it. There's still a chance they make the playoffs. We can outline how that all could happen. First, though, Shield, tell us how everyone can subscribe to you guys. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30% off and a seven-day free trial. Bo had a tremendous piece on Malcolm Jenkins this week. Go and check that out. He talked to Malcolm for about 15, 20 minutes about what he's doing on and off the field. I had a long Jason Kelsey piece in which you will learn he drank north of 20 beers before he gave that parade speech. So check it out, theathletic.com slash WIP. Shield talked to Kelsey for an hour, so he, he, he won, won up to me. Yeah. Yeah, an hour is better than 15 minutes. 8 at 8, 729 to hop in. Sports Radio 94, WIP. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Joe Giglio, Shio Capadia, Bo Wolf. Those guys, of course, of The Athletic. We do this every week. All right, let's look ahead a little bit here. Two, we have three things we touch on right now. One, the playoff scenarios, and they're still in this thing. Two, Nick Foles, probably starting on Sunday. But let's start with John D. Filippo, because that was a story this week. He got fired as the Vikings offensive coordinator, and immediately everyone was like, bring Flip back, it'll solve everything. That seems like it's not happening, Shield. Yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson was asked about it today, and he said uh, he's got confidence in his coaching staff, and that's not something they're considering at this time. We'll see. We'll, we'll see after the season what Filippo's other options are. He, he's probably going to be looking for an offensive coordinator job somewhere. Would he be interested in joining the Eagle staff in, in some capacity? So, um Maybe don't shut the book on it completely, but yeah, nothing, uh, nothing imminent there. Well, I asked Doug after he said that if he had talked to DiFilippo yet, like just on a personal level, and he he just very like coldly, icily said no. So I mean, you want to read a little bit between the lines? I don't think he's coming back, no but matter they, what happens. Yeah, this I, off season. you would think you would send your your buddy a text or something, right? Hang in there, big fella. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they're not. <laughs> maybe they are not on such great terms. Who knows? Yeah, the way I read the scene this week it didn't see I don't know if he was as loved as maybe the fans want him to be as loved with the Eagles I, I don't know but just what Bo just said and kind of between the lines it seems like they're not very keen on let's bring him back right now it seems like there's definitely some mixed signals I mean guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Tory Smith you know they were tweeting that yeah after he got fired hey there's still a future head coach and uh, some very nice words and remember two years ago Filippo had the opportunity to go to the Jets as the OC, and they blocked him. So if you think the guy's like a nobody and, all right, he's replaceable and he's annoying and we don't like him, then you just say, all right, go ahead, take that offensive coordinator job. They did not do that. And, you know, I mean, 
you're never quite sure what the assistants do. I mean, it's so hard to evaluate them, and you're right. Sometimes you fall in love with a guy or you think a guy stinks, and you yep. really have no idea. But, you know, obviously the quarterbacks performed very well last year, and he was the quarterback's coach, and he was also in charge of red zone game planning, and they were first in the NFL uh, in red zone efficiency last year. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that he was very good at that job last year. Uh, I just... You know, I, I'm not so sure that, that he'll be back here, and nor do I think that it necessarily makes sense for him to come back. Maybe Doug Pease. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about Reich and right. DiFilippo getting all the, you know. I'm not the, bringing those guys <laughs> yeah, back. Are you crazy? You would have thought that he would have, you know, texted it. Texted I would have thought. <clears throat> if, you, if you were to get uh, fired from The Athletic tomorrow, I would text you. Shield comes in and yeah, like I ask you, have you talked to together. Bo? No. If you got fired from WIP, I would say, I'm sorry, is somebody else hosting with us next week for Birds <laughs> with Friends? I'll consider it. Don't, yeah. put, don't put Jack on with us <laughs> yeah anyone but that fritz character well, that was just awful all right our second uh look ahead here let's, let's talk about nick Foles. like nick Foles is back in the spotlight again it's amazing it's like every time you think nick Foles is done he just finds his way back in yeah. and the craziest part i i think is it's not just a one o'clock sunday game it's it's he's back on national tv it's nbc it's a it's a sunday night game and it was it was billed as wentz goff like that's why they scheduled this game the two top picks in 2016 and now here comes Nikki Six back in the saddle. I could see him playing well. I could also see have a lot of rust, like when he first came in last year. His first, you know, those, he didn't have a great stretch to end the season. But I, I have no idea, is what I'm saying. I have no idea how he's going to play on Sunday. Whoever has any idea what's going to happen with Nick Foles? Nick, of course, we have no idea. He's Mr. High Variance. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I I guess I'm excited to see. I would have rather seen Carson Wentz on Sunday, but. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. I think uh, knowing Foles, it's gonna be a surprise one way or the other. He's either gonna be great or terrible. They should just take the exact Super Bowl game plan, like not <laughs> even add another play. Just to, I mean, they can call different ones at different times, but they should just dust that bad boy off. You know, tell him, hey, hey, go. Wh- where is that on the computer? You think Goddard can throw the Philly special? Yeah, sure. He can do anything. He can throw it in, catch it. Yeah. If he's on uh, the field, he's got to be on the field yeah. first. You know, have him. Honestly, though, they better have him just chucking the ball downfield. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. You, you got to have the, uh, you know, the David versus Goliath strategy and just get crazy. You're what, 11-point underdogs here? You got nothing to lose. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. If they go in there and are dinking and dunking and saying, oh, you know, we didn't get in third and manageable. And that mm, was the, one play away. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing you got to keep in mind. The other guys get paid, too. Can't forget that. So here, all I know is Monday in this town will be insane oh if Nick Foles beats the Rams. It'll be unbelievable. If they put up like 30, 37, 34 or something. Plus, you know, like it doesn't even matter if it would have happened anyway with Carson. If he plays well with the same group of players and Doug calling, like it's yeah. still Doug calling the plays, like that will be a big thing because we've talked all year about what's the problem. Is it Carson? Is it the play calling? Yeah. Like if Nick goes out there and lights it up, it's like. Uh-oh. <laughs> and what if he does it by throwing to the wide receivers and it's and they and right. they put up like 35 points with not that much Ertz and then then all of a sudden the too much Ertz things comes back. Golden Tate's like a monster. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Just, well, running over guys. Well, it is funny. I mean, Boston yeah. Scott has 100 <laughs> receiving yards. I thought we had retired the uh phrase high variance for the year because Nick Foles was right. not playing anymore, but you got to bring it back and it's true. Either they're going to lose in spectacular fashion 41 to 13 or something, and it's just going to be this complete disaster, or they're going to score in the 30s, and uh, the scenario you just mentioned is going to play. Man, I'm in a way more excited for the game now. I wish Carson was out there. I wish he was healthy. But just the way, we don't know what's going to happen. Our last one for tonight, 
is the playoff scenarios, which when they lost on Sunday, I wasn't running through all the thoughts in my head. I just realized, well, the NFC East is over, and the odds are they're just done. They're not, not good enough this year. But then you watch Minnesota lose on Monday night, and you realize it's not that crazy if they could take care of, of their own business and win some games here, Bo. So here are the teams that they need to worry about. Minnesota, as you said, their final three games are home against the Dolphins, at the Lions, and then home against the Bears. Then you've got Carolina, who, of course, have a tiebreaker over the Eagles because they beat them head-to-head. Their final three games, not so easy. Home against the Saints, home against the Falcons, at the Saints. Um, And then you've got to worry about Green Bay, who's all of a sudden lurking now. They've got three games left at Chicago, at the Jets, home against the Lions. And so if the Eagles go 3-0, which I think we all agree is probably the least improbable part of any of this, then they're probably going to make the playoffs because they all they need is one Panthers loss and one Vikings loss or three Seahawks losses, but that's unlikely. Now, the scenario that they could make it at 8-8 eight and eight is also not that insane. If they go 2-1, and one, they need the Vikings to lose twice. So, again, that's Dolphins, Lions, Bears. That's not impossible. No, not impossible. And then they need the Panthers to lose twice. Again, very likely. And they need the Packers to lose at least once. There are a couple other things, but those are the real things that they need. So let's say they get in. Which of those two scenarios is more likely? I think it's the 8-8 eight eight one. Definitely. I yeah. mean, I have a hard time seeing them string together three straight wins when they've only won two in a row What once all year. Maybe you get one of those 2008 scenarios where you're going into week 17 thinking the season's over, and then all of a sudden well, Aaron Rodgers lays an egg and the Vikings, you know, Kirk Here's Cousins, the question. Yeah. Nick Foles goes 2-1, and one, leads them to the playoffs. Carson Wentz is back is feeling good. Who starts the playoff game? Oh, my gosh. Nick Foles. I mean, I'll, I'll say it right now. Nick's going to start that game. This radio station, it would, there should just be confetti <laughs> falling from the ceiling because you guys would be so lines. happy. It's going to be busy yeah. all day. Oh Wentz, Foles. All right. Here's the craziest part of the scenarios you laid out to end our, our hour tonight. From the way I read it is, if they somehow beat the Rams on Sunday, which is unlikely, but if they somehow do it, Carolina probably loses to New Orleans on Monday. That, care, that takes care of one check mark. And then I could see the Vikings, because they're inconsistent. The Lions have played pretty well at home against good teams this year. They play with the Rams. They beat the Patriots at home. They beat the Packers at home, although they're not very good. Division game's always tough. New offensive coordinator. We're not th- it's not that crazy that the Eagles go into Week 17 knowing win and in. <laughs> like, that's nuts. They're not good. Well, their percentage goes, yeah, I think right now, I think it would go up to 59% if they win and the Vikings lose on Sunday, which is insane. <laughs> Yeah, totally the, insane. The season was over on was sun, over. last Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Big, big. Uh, well, and you know, you'll know because they play in the afternoon. So big Dolphins fans, Eagles fans should be on Sunday. Well, if the Dolphins win, Nick, Nikki Six knows what's at stake <laughs> on Sunday night. All right, guys, this was a fun uh, episode of Birds of Friends. We'll do it next week, and who knows? Maybe after Nick Foles lights it up. Mm. Hopefully, we have better Carson Wentz news. And it's what not if, that big what of a if deal. Nick Foles goes down and Sudfeld wins, and Sudfeld is the new Foles? They win it again with Sudfeld? Yeah. Well, I'm not taking any more Doug Peterson criticism <laughs> ever, ever again on this radio session. All right. Bo Wolf, Shield Kapati. Bo, one more last time. Tell everyone how they can subscribe at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30% off and a free seven-day trial. Check out everything we've got going on. Shield's Kelsey piece, as he mentioned before, fantastic. And also, speaking of Wentz and Goff, you can read the story of how the Eagles drafted, traded up twice to get Carson Wentz and why they liked him more than Jared Goff. All right, check it out, The Athletic, and we'll do this again next week. A lot to get into in the 9 o'clock hour, including Philly's Hot Stove Check-In. 888-729-9494. We'll come back. That and your phone calls 
on Sports Radio 94 WIP.